Hey, oh, what happened? There's no intro. Who's this voice that I can hear? Oh, wait, it's the AMC. Yes, yes, it's the AMC. No A-Dub with me right now. Actually, A-Dub will be on this episode for the cold opening. It is just your boy, AMC. Yeah, I just wanted to step in real quick. Um, We were off last week because of the whole craziness that's going on right now but we are back um this is our first testing of recording remotely because your girl marissa did went to practice social distancing so we got no a-dub in the building so we decided to record remotely and um yeah there was uh, some issues with the recording so be warned that this episode is going to be heavily edited as we're testing out new ways of recording. I already have some ideas of how I can uh, improve the connection, get things flowing just a little bit better with the conversation. Yeah, it's just been a while. You're so used to having somebody right next to you when you're talking uh, that you have to just reestablish that chemistry so that you can get back to that goodness. So yeah, uh, enjoy this episode and we promise to come back with that better quality next week. Holla at you, boy. Dark souls with vandal hearts, sharp swords with handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors. Protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron Scrolls, Simon's quest for the Darwin Earl Lock shoes to air clue Keeps the exit gaming news The police need some bad dudes To crash crew like Bandicoot All shit a game in English Control Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can catch us at control-issues.com. That's control with a hyphen, issues.com. You can go to your podcast provider, look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, do what you got to do. Head on over to Twitter at my control issues. That's the handle. Let us know what you think. And uh, Twitch.tv/slash Control Issues Pod. That's where we post up gameplay videos from time to time. So check that out. Yes. So if you can't tell by the quality right now, AMC and A Dub are recording via Zoom. So there's going to be a lot of dropping. There's going to be a lot of glitching. But there's still going to be that. Control issues, good, that good, good, that goodness. <laughs> uh, we keep bringing the heat. We don't let the COVID stop the content from being created. You know, yeah, we, we were a little it. worried. It, it's an abrupt shift. You know, we're used as long as the show has been a show. We've been in the same room. At first, it was an issue of what the quality is going to be, but now it's we're doing it. We got to satisfy the people. Yeah, and we'll tweak. We'll try to make it better. We'll try to get it clearer. And um, yeah, for episode to episode, this is basically the test episode. So bear with us. The test episode. <laughs> the test episode. That testy episode. <laughs> so A Dub, let's get right into it. One, how have you been? And two, 
you have all the time in the world. So what you been so playing? Uh, doing all right. Working from home. So that's good. Keeping a steady check coming in. Uh, staying healthy. Just luckily we got weights and stuff at the house. Just hop right in the garage. Do something. Tempted to go out there and jog. But figured I may not. I don't think that's the way to go. Got to keep distancing. Got to stay at home. Stay safe. Protect other people at the same time. You say I have an abundance of hours and I've been using them quite constructively. I've just been taking every waking moment to play Divinity. We've been over it in previous episodes. I played for like 60 hours, did extremely well, had no idea what I was doing. Just like I just got the hang of combat. So I was able to keep moving forward, but I had not entirely gotten into the D&D style, like CRPG, investigate, gather information type play style that it's trying to, you know, it relies heavily upon. So I put it down. I got stuck. I forgot some key piece of information. I went in every place I'd already been, just spinning my wheels, gave up. Two years later, back at it, coming up on 90 hours. I think I'm close to the end now. I'm in the Phantom Forest, which I believe is the third and final map. I just went into, where did I go into? I went into like a, I went in the Temple of the Dead. And there, that was an interesting puzzle because they had the, they had the animal bodies strewn about the little gateway with the switch next to it. You pull the switch and the, the bodies disappear. Your characters say something to the, to the extent of, it seems like only the dead can pass. So I was thinking, oh, I just got to kill one of my characters. No big deal. So I, I hit one of my characters, and he was like, hey, stop doing that. So I was like, oh, okay. I got to get you to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sat there casting my character's own spells on themselves for like a good five or six minutes. You know, I wasn't doing too much damage that on great equipment. I built my characters pretty strong. I should probably mute my sound effects. But at the same token, I finally got him down, teleported him, worked. He had a pyramid on him, so zipped over to the dead body, brought him back to life, found Cassandra's skeleton, destroyed that, so now she's vulnerable. And I also ran into the guy, the mute wizard, who's like stealing voices from the animals up in, up in the corner. So fought him. That was a tough battle. Made the voice, and I know what I need to do with that. So I'm interested in seeing how that the resolution of that situation is going to go down, but I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't played Divinity, even though you should. Oh man, where am I now? It's, it, I'm just really enjoying it. I really click with it now and understand the kind of thought process that you need in order to be successful with that game. One thing that I am disappointed with myself in is when, when I was in Hunter's Edge, there was the side mission to kill Rat Catcher. You remember that guy? He's got the rats running around looking for the wizard servants. Yeah, they're going into the holes, in and out. See, I didn't notice going in and out of holes in the structures because I thought to myself, well, they're rats. They eat cheese. I got poison. Let's use this crafting system. Let's put some poison together with some cheese. It worked. Made poisonous cheese. Very proud of myself. Then I was trying to figure out, all right, what do I do with it? And that's where I got stuck on that mission. So I knew there were, I knew there was at least one way to get rid of the rats, which is to kill Rat Catcher, since he said, you know, even when I die, they'll they'll jump in the grave with me. That's how devoted they are. 
And I was like, all right, so I'm going to kill you. But then I also thought there has to be something I can do with this cheese. So I tried to pickpocket him and put it in his pouch. Like maybe he would have gave it to the rats. And you can only take things when pickpocketing, which I respect. <laughs> because who puts things in people's pockets? Like that's, that'd be a dope mechanic for a spy game. Fallout has it. Oblivion has it. Yeah, so couldn't, couldn't put the cheese on him. I got the whiskey, which I guess decreased the combat ability of all the orcs. And, you know, killed him in combat. The rats went away. I found the servants, whatever. And then it was only at the end of battle when, like, um, I think we accidentally hit a rat with an area of effect, like an arrow or something, and a rat caught fire or got poisoned. And then it ran into this hole. And I was like, oh, I could have dropped the cheese in front of that hole. <laughs> and that would have been a way more gangster way to do that. But, yeah, man, D- Divinity just even – as it's reaching the final stretch, it still finds new and creative ways to do a puzzle or a solution. Just, it makes you think there's nothing very typical about it, only that it is going to continue to challenge you in different ways. So I very much appreciate that. Looking very forward to Divinity 2. I just need to get done with Divinity. So hoping I could do that today. But AMC, what have you been playing? Yeah, so pretty much okay. I'll talk about everything that I've been playing. It's been it's been a solid. Have you been playing everything? I've been playing a little of everything. <laughs> have you been playing the game Everything? Remember that game where you could turn into everything in the game? <laughs> oh, that's right. No, I have not been playing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, I've been playing. Um, so first, played a little bit of Celeste. Beat Celeste put that shit down made made peace with myself we um flew off into the wind became one made our way back down the mountain and yeah i beat the game so i would easily marissa and i we would say celeste is definitely one of our favorite games uh just everything done perfectly uh expert platforming expert storytelling great writing um and you kind of walk away like Feeling like like you, it's like the closest you can get to a self help game is as how it's described Celeste. Then uh, so we beat Celeste. Then we hopped into a little bit of that Luigi's Mansion. Is that was it like an overwhelming feeling of catharsis? Oh yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Like there is, I, I can't really describe it, but it was just it. You've literally made your way up the mountain, and you had to fight to get to the top. And then so once you made it to the peak, you just felt like. You, you did everything that you needed to do. <laughs> You're the king of the world. <laughs> exactly. So then, uh, yeah, we hopped into Luigi's Mansion. That game has been absolutely amazing. Uh, best way I can describe it is uh, going back into Mario Odyssey and just uh, how they were able to make very they made use of every piece of the land uh in order for you to interact with it you could find some money you could they have gems hidden throughout like the map where there's like a certain amount of gems you can find and then there's obviously like ghosts that you're constantly coming across with the battles and so i'll kind of like walk through each of them but the uh so just searching around the map like it's very well designed it's like supposed to be spooky but it's, it's more comical <laughs> coming from my perspective so which is always fun to just see luigi like shaking throughout the entire game and uh yeah as I'm, 
<laughs> he's like so he's 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 busting ghosts and he's proceeding through this mansion, but he's frightened the whole time. Oh, he's he's always afraid. <laughs> it's it's great. Like you know, after a while and after you take down a few threats, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. At some point, you get used to it. Like, how is Luigi not used to it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah. There's every level is very different from the next, which is awesome because, like, you're in a haunted hotel, so the, the physics don't really matter. You go on one floor, and then like that's like a three story floor on that one floor. It doesn't make sense, but it, it works. There's a tree in the middle of one in, on one floor that goes like five stories up, and it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, so what's actually very remarkable about this game is that I didn't do, I didn't go through the trouble of counting how many floors there are, but I'll estimate around like say 25 and each floor has a boss. (laughs) So there's 25 boss. (laughs) Are they all different? Yeah, they're all pretty unique. Like they're like one, uh, I guess style wise, they all look different. Like I fought a King, a chef, um, a king. <laughs> yeah, there's a director. There is like a there's a maid, a bailhop. <laughs> How was that maid fight? The maid fight was great because she had a briefcase lodged in her stomach and I had to get that briefcase. So I had to basically freeze her and then I have a plunger ability where I shoot the plunger at her and I stuck it into the briefcase and then I basically had to grab the plunger then uh, that was stuck to the briefcase and then slam her around the room until she submitted. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that slam is integral to the whole experience. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, um, and that's pretty much every fight is figuring out how to freeze them, um, suck them up, and then slam them until their health is all the way down. And then you can suck them up pretty much like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, basically they put so much into this game, and I'm just uh, kind of blown away at how good it is. Uh, This is a 2019 game. This easily would have been up there with my game of the years from last year. I think I had The Division 2 as my game of the year. Probably still holding on. We'll see once I beat Luigi's Mansion, but this would have been right up there with that in contention. So yeah, I've been there you go. I've been very impressed. Um, Also, I'm putting in a ton of work with... uh, Octopath Traveler. Uh, pretty much at this point, I've done all the chapter twos of all my characters and moving on to chapter threes now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mad chapters. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the best. It, what's crazy is that uh, it's just with this, uh, I guess, uh, social distancing slash self-quarantining, working from home remotely, I've just found so much time to game because one, there's just a lot less work to do just because of the volume. Uh, I work in advertising, so there's just a lot less advertising going on right now. And with so many like cancellations of like certain programs, it's just cutting back. And so it's giving me a lot more free time. And then I'm, I'm home. And so it's like, why not just have the switch right next to me while I'm like not doing anything? <laughs> There it is. Yeah, on the note of volume, like it's, yeah, it's much lower. Same for me as well, just because since there's not a lot of productions or anything going on at this point in time or a lot of advertising, then there's not a lot of accounting to do because there's not a lot of checks going out, not a lot of invoices and payments. But it's because of this situation, how long it's lasted, as well as just the volume of things that were going to go into the works around this time 
it's like it's cool now not being able like you know just having it pretty chill but at some point once we get back to normal all that work that didn't get done is just gonna flood the industry <laughs> oh yeah i like i just wonder because we haven't printed anything and a big part of our job was printing a ton of shit that we had to like file away and none of that's getting taken care of (laughs) (laughs) oh lord yeah so i mean it's it's interesting it's like a part of me wonders like did we print all that for no reason or like is that some shit that we're gonna have to like reconcile with one day (laughs) one day yeah that'll be that'll be tomorrow mirror's problem yes um, yeah, so other than that, yeah, I've been playing a ton of Octopath Traveler, putting in work there. I won't, I won't get into much with that game because it, at this point, like, um, I've pretty much gone through a lot of the mechanics. It's just kind of evolving from there. Like, I've gotten jobs, which is basically the skill set of other characters, which I can then take on with... Um, basically the the characters can share skill sets in some way. And so as I'm finding different jobs, I can then assign that to that character. And then that character who was uh, a fighter now suddenly has mage abilities as well. And you can unlock those abilities as you get job points and spend those. So yeah, the game is just continuing to, if anything, expand. I was always a fan of the job system. Yeah. Final fantasy tactics did really well. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted every character to know how to be everything. I was just shuffling. I was trying to grind and shuffle all my characters, and then that level scaling just got out of control. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, when yeah. the Chocobos are one-shotting you, you don't want that in your life. Yeah, that's not good at all. And then the cactus comes out with that th- thousand needles. Yes. <laughs> Homie Cactuar. <laughs> um so yeah hey dub let's just get right into the topic of the week top topic of the week yes just wanted to see if that how that would go um so there hasn't we'll really we'll been... see once once it's actually published <laughs> oh, i can't wait to listen back to this madness here because it's already like dropped out a couple of times on my end and i'm loving every bit of it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah let's get into um all right, so pretty much nothing has happened other than Sony let us know that there would be a PlayStation 5 tech deep dive, and the whole world got excited, and then the whole world got angry. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> Actually, if anything, so mad. if I would say a better way to put it is not less a little less angry and more disappointed when I was looking up the, uh, the videos for the, uh, the tech deep dive, it was just a bunch of influencers, like the thumbnails and it would just be the influencer with their face in their hands. Just so upset. <laughs> that face palm movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, let's just, so we'll just quickly gloss over some of the takeaways. So really, the only differences that we saw was that um, PS5 will have slightly lesser flops <laughs> than the Xbox Series X. Um, oh no! <laughs> oh, here, here we go. Uh, it's uh, the it's PS5. Over. The PS5 is basically a switch. Dead, Dead on arrival. <laughs> <laughs> Dead in the water. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the PS5 has 10.28 flops. Xbox Series X has 12.16 flops. <laughs> it's gonna make the games better. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, like the way I looked at it, I was just going to write down like a couple questions I had for you and just kind of get your idea of where you stand. And so um, kind of at this point, like uh, you own the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 4, you got the PlayStation 4 Pro. And so when you, I guess if you were to look at the comparison between the <laughs> consoles, like does it matter to you to have the most powerful hardware or is it just you want to know that the PlayStation 5 is taking a step up? Where are you at as far as all that goes? Oh, yeah, of course, I'm like everybody else. I would want the largest improvement that could possibly happen. At the same token, at some point, you just have to trust in their ability to make the best product, which I've done, and it's paid off quite well. So the thing that I'm not hung up on as far as like um, hardware is the power because it really comes down to the content and what the first, especially the first party studios, what they're putting out because the third party stuff is going to be there anyway. And that's perfectly fine. So you always have that foundation of stuff that you can play, but it's the first party stuff, which gives a particular box its identity. Now, like Sony just has that trust with me and it's usually not a power thing. What I did gather from the presentation as well as talking with other people online about it is that, they're trying to address the performance equation from like a bottleneck perspective. So instead of just brute forcing it with raw power and just ah, throw everything at it, push it, push the square peg through this round hole, like most of it's going to get through there, but you're going to get some resistance. What Sony is doing seems like they're going after the bottleneck issue. They got the solid state hard drive. It's custom. They're going to be utilizing it in, weird and interesting ways hopefully and it seems to be something that developers are excited about so for me personally it's i'm already in the playstation family it's going to be incumbent on the other boxes to pull me away like you gotta you gotta beat the champion (laughs) you can't just come in and try to win all points yeah it's like Everybody talks about like oh like uh, Xbox is they have all these different uh, services that they have set up and that's like what's most important and for me like so that was gonna that's leading actually into like my next question because I know like the big discussion really is like people wanting Sony to clarify um, on backwards compatibility what that means because they were like yeah like uh, you'll be able to play most of your PS4 games and people are like what about PS3 what about ps2 <laughs> and so they're they're upset that they haven't really clarified on that but i mean once again like i guess so from your standpoint i kind of know where you stand already with backwards compatibility which is probably along the lines with me which is don't really give a fuck but as far as consumers go how would great you- great to have it but it's not necessary Exactly. But I mean, if you were to look at it, I guess, objectively from a consumer standpoint, do you think that that is really going to matter from the consumers when it comes to deciding on which box they're going to buy? Which box they're going to buy? No. What it's ultimately going to determine is how quickly they transition over to the new box. So that's really all that's going on there. And Sony, what I mean, it's a little promising. It seems to be similar to the way Xbox One handled backward compatibility, where it, they started out with a small, a small segment of titles, and over time, 
built the amount of titles that it would support. And, you know, that worked out for a lot of people. People praise Xbox for having that backward compatibility. So Sony's doing a similar thing. On launch, they're trying to say close to the 100 most played titles will be supported on backwards compatibility. Uh, it's taken on a case-by-case basis as far as how they're testing it and implementing the functionality because the PS5 has a boost mode. The, like the way I looked at it too, especially with like the backwards compatibility is it's something that people will get upset about. But ultimately, if you're saying that that's going to be your reason to jump over and buy an Xbox, where like you can't take your PlayStation 4 games with you over to Xbox. So really, if you didn't buy both yeah, consoles... you're starting all over. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't really, like, it's... I, for the people who own both consoles, I could see maybe it influencing which one they might pick up first. But if you're a Sony fanboy who's never owned an Xbox, it's, like, backwards compatibility is something to get upset about just, I guess, on... Uh, uh, like just from uh, uh, like just in comparison wise, but when it comes to actually, yeah, like playing it, like something that they need to do, it's not necessarily, I think, something that they need to do. It's something that, yeah, it's something that they want to do by comparison. But I mean, the Switch doesn't have it, and Nintendo people just are okay with that. Yeah, because Nintendo people like playing new Nintendo games. It, they keep their old Nintendo products and they keep playing. Like they they understand what it means to own a console and to own a game. They hold on to it. Most of the people who are into this whole backward compatibility thing, they're all about, they try to mask it. They get real slick with it. And they're just like, oh, it should be a given. How can they make a new thing that can't play the old things? PCs work like that. And it's like, yeah, but why are you so upset about it? And it's like, well, I just want to be able to trade in my console and get it. So it's like, okay, you don't really want to play the old games. You just want to be able to get rid of the box, get a new box, and still have the option, even though you're probably not going to use it. Exactly. (laughs) In fact, you're most likely not going to use it because... Sony has the numbers. They know all these companies have the numbers. They know how many, how many people are playing old games versus new games. And by and large, people are playing new games. Backwards compatibility is such a small segmented issue. But of course, it's one of those things where it's the people online who are, who are the biggest concentration of that group so you hear their voice however when the stats come back it's a completely different tale yeah exactly uh let's see if i have any other okay yeah and then um i guess we can end it with here uh just because it's been the the buzzword that we discussed earlier but um yeah messaging and for me like teraflops uh, oh yeah 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 exactly actually it's just a matter of like how interesting (laughs) the discussion is and so for you like how much do you think like sony needs to actually sell their next console like with the messaging when it comes to them versus uh i guess xbox like uh one for you on a personal level and then for the public at large Ultimately, I think they could do it in a real simple manner, just figure out how to convey what the improvements of the console are in the most easy to understand, fewest amount of words, and then show a piece of software 
that's going to be available for consumption show a piece of software running in that manner like manifesting what it is that they're talking about like have a tech demo that's what sells consoles all the time is you know you can rely on the games as much as you can and yeah they're prettier the frame rates are more stable the everything's more detailed but you're gonna have to show somebody a clear like side-by-side difference they kind of started going in that direction when they showed off how they improved the the processing time as well as the amount of speed you could attain in spider-man on ps5 versus on ps4 however that's just a ps4 game running on what at the time was developmental PS5 hardware. So they got to show either a new game or like a remastered game that's designed to run on PS5 and show that like side by side with either another entry, a previous entry in its franchise or something like that. Like there has to be something with two measuring points as rigid as possible and a noticeable gap between them. And once you show people that, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see like what's gonna sell this generation. Like, I felt like um, the the current generation, uh, like that, like we're experiencing right now, it seemed like a lot of it came down to. I, I think personally, one the games, but really the uh, the deals that Sony cut with the third parties. Like, I think hopping on uh, Destiny and locking down like those exclusive strikes and things along those lines, I think really pushed people to jump over to uh, PlayStation. And I felt like the previous generation, like you could even argue like Microsoft and their partnership with, um, was it Call of Duty was a, such a big thing that really defined the 360 era. It was huge. So, yeah. Yeah. That was the place to play Call of Duty. Exactly. And so like, I, I, people can put so much into like, oh, like Sony's been so boring with their messaging right now, but all they have to really do is like, like once again, like it's such an easy thing, but yeah, just talk about like some games that they have coming. And then once they discuss also like some of those partnerships that they plan to have, uh, then you can kind of really get to see like why you want to have this console. Cause ultimately I think the majority of people, they want to be on, the same console as all their friends and so whatever is going to be that thing that attracts their friends over is what's going to eventually pull them towards like choosing between the two platforms or the two uh, pieces of hardware so yeah um i mean people make such a big deal but like i think a part of it is also like we're in the middle of like the pandemic and so people don't have much to discuss so you get any bit of news and people will sit there and just try to carve the, the tiniest morsels of meat out of it just to have something to talk about. And so right now that thing is just Sony being boring. Yeah. It's like that video of the monkeys in Thailand. Now that there's no tourists around to feed them bananas. So every little piece of food they find, there's just this big furry mob <laughs> tearing each other apart, trying to get it. Yeah. I did see that video. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Um, all right, so you know what? Let's um, let's end it here. This we're gonna end this test recording with uh, with a question, a dub. Um, all right. All right. Can I ask you? Let a- me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> is there something tedious you enjoy in gaming? You're playing Divinity right now. 
I'm sure there's a lot of tedium going on. Is there something tedious? A whole lot of tedium in gaming. Um, min maxing my gear. It's about as tedious as it gets, especially with Divinity, because you know every time you get higher rarity items, you have to identify them or have them identified so that it can roll the stats and tell you exactly what it is. So yeah, man, it's that's one of the the things that I love about games. It's equipment systems and weapons and being able to see that represented on the character because at one point you're trying to squeeze out the most performance you possibly can. And at the same point, you're trying to look good while you do it. So I I very much appreciate the tedium and associated with grinding for loot, looking through loot, comparing loot, choosing loot, disposing of loot. What about you? Um, yeah, I'll definitely take something from a game that I'm currently playing, that being Octopath Traveler and just RPGs in general is... I love grinding up my levels, getting experience, having to fight the same guys multiple times, uh, slightly more difficult versions of guys in order to just get more powerful. And then just getting that that level up and that, that feeling of accomplishment when you take on tougher enemies, get quicker experience, and then just start leveling up. Like that is like uh, coming up to a boss and getting my ass handed to me by that boss and then reloading and then being like, you know what, I'm going to go back into the into the forest, fight a couple enemies, get a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. and come back ready to handle that business. Yes. Because um, like sometimes it's just a matter of strategy. Sometimes it's just a matter of being a little stronger. And you got to go and do some push-ups and get back in the gym and then come back ready to go. Exactly. I had a moment like that in Divinity where I was I was looking for the cave entrance to the Troll King's cave so I could get the Tenebrium in there and all that. And then I took that turn that takes you over to the little encampment of goblins where it's like a dozen of them in there. I went in there the first time. I was I was managing to pick a couple up couple off here and there but eventually they just overwhelmed me restarted i was like all right higher than them but having also seen the layout of the battlefield and the items there i was like okay i'm gonna get them all in this area i'm gonna hit them with a poison cloud and then hit them with exploding arrows and just keep doing that every turn just melted them it was ridiculous my archer is crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know i know exactly where you're coming from so yeah yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else. I mean, there's there's so much in like RPGs that are just all about tedium. Um, well, of course you go in. Oh, you mean something else in the tedium in the tedium side, not necessarily the grinding side, because you know you always run through these games. You find the strongest enemy, or you find the enemy that's that has the drop that you want, but it's so rare that you just got to keep running it back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loot hunting. Yes. Yeah, I love uh I mean, like there were there were points where it got a little too much, but there's nothing like when you defeat an enemy and then just going through all that loot and then like managing all of it. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna keep this. Like there's nothing like like in especially like the game that did it really well for some reason was division. Like when you just like get stuff and you start going through your weapons and like breaking it down for components and like I'm gonna sell this, I'm gonna break this down. <laughs> I'm gonna use this for recalibration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the division is excellent at it because it, you're getting so much loot and so many items all the time. You'll 
you know about the things that you pick up. Like you took down uh, an elite enemy and it dropped a gold item. Like, okay, I know I got three gold guns, two gold backpacks. And then you go in your inventory, it's like inventory full. You're like, what else did I get? And it's going down lists of all this extra loot you picked up because you completed an activity or a side mission or things of that nature. It, it's, it's always a surprise with the division. It's constantly rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, you got anything else? You got another one? As far as tedium goes, uh, can't really say that I do. I mean, I'm sure that I do. It's just nothing that I can really vocalize enthusiastically because I don't know quite yet how to describe it correctly. Yeah. (laughs) Or about yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's like usually like something repetitive. Like I was like even thinking about like, like stuff like where like, because I can't think of one specifically, but like when you hold down a button and like the controller vibrates a little bit and like, and, and then it like opens up something or crafts something like, like people are like, Oh, why can't I just like hit the button? And then it just crafts and it's like, and then it's a thing. Yeah. And it's like, there's something to like holding it down, seeing like the uh, load thing, like come up and then like the controller shaking and then it's crafted into something. <laughs> I mean, it's like watching the wheels of the jukebox turn. And then slowly just hit seven, seven bar. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like, I know like people talk about like, what was it like with the PlayStation five, like getting a little more feedback from the controller, like on like the trigger and like those little things, I think just like kind of add to putting you into the game, whether it takes a little more time, but like just that little bit of rumble, that, that slight delay as like you're putting something together and like, you're actually like doing it through button prompts or whatever. Like, I think that, just adds a little bit more to the experience as opposed to just like, just like, I don't know, putting a shortcut to everything to make things just appear in front of you. I'll tell you what'll be next level. And it'll also be like the most trolled thing ever. Next gen is if in loop driven games, if they had a different kind of rumble for each like rarity or role that happens, so, like, when that legendary drops, you get a specific kind of rumble. People are like, oh, they're trying to program me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's, like, reading you as you sweat as you get the legendary drop. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we need to increase the drop rate, bring his, bring his tension down. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. What if, what if drop rates become dynamic in that manner so if the controller is reading your sweat as well as your heartbeat then what does that mean for how it can it can tailor the experience to better manage your stress levels and your your aggression like what what if it figures out what if it's like recording and there's machine learning going on where it learns your tendencies and your behaviors to the point that like when it knows you're going to rage quit. It just gets a little easier or it just gives you an opening. Yeah. It's like the, uh, <laughs> the development process is like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to play my games. I don't want my games playing me. Yeah, exactly. Stop, stop looking at me. Stop, stop trying to read the room. <laughs> I keep my controller plugged in so I can turn off the features. Yes. So a dub. I don't even that, know if that's a thing. That's that's all I got for this week, A Dub. All right. You got you I got I'm a little any, tapped out. 
Yeah, you got you got any final words before we get out of here? <laughs> uh, stay home, stay safe, use common sense, and let's get through this thing together. Can't wait to see you all again. All right, y'all. Peace.